0: Well, listen, I'm really excited. I'm like really pumped up to, to preach this message tonight because I preached a message a year ago titled, The Holy Spirit is blank. Does any off the off chance, does anybody remember that? Yeah. You do? Oh, what? No way. You guys do? Wow. You guys listen. You remember that one? Man, I, that was like over a year ago. That's pretty crazy. Um, but, man, I, I I've just felt like we needed a part two. It's been overdue, right? We needed a, a part two to this message. Um, I'm just kidding. But, but over the last few weeks, the Holy Spirit's really been putting on my heart um, just preparing the bride, preparing the church. Because how many understand this, that when you talk in numbers and in terms of 30,000 people, do you know what that means? That does not mean 30,000 Christians. That means 30,000 devils. <laughs> that means 30,000 people filled with junk, filled with, and don't look surprised. They're just filled with all the same stuff you were filled with not too long ago, right? It's, it's no different from us. But when we're talking about reaching people and we're talking about how, how the Lord is going to grow the bride of Christ, the growth is messy, Growth, growth can be difficult. Growth can be challenging, and what I've seen over the last year, specifically here at Church on the North Coast, is that there have been individuals and even just, um, even just, I'll just say spirits and just different things, different attacks of the enemy is probably the better word. Where it is, it can be intimidating. It can be overwhelming and discouraging. But how many know that with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to be afraid of anything, that the Holy Spirit gives us peace, the Holy Spirit gives us victory. He is our guide, he is our protector, and we don't have to be intimidated by people's baggage. In fact, we are positioned to help set people free from their baggage. But here's what the church, here's what the church messes up on a lot of times. Because when people come into church, with too much baggage, and they don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit inside of them, they get intimidated by people, and this is what happens. They push people away. They say, listen, I'm intimidated by your mess, so you can't come here. You can't come to this church, and we push people away. But how many know this, that the church exists to set the captives free? We don't exist to be afraid or fearful of the captives. We exist so that people with... Tons of baggage can come into this place, leave their baggage right here, and leave free. Amen? Did anybody believe that? Come on. I believe that church on the North Coast is going to be a place where the captives are set free in the name of Jesus. It's going to be a lighthouse. You know, this this was prophesied over CNC probably 40 years ago, that church on the North Coast would be a lighthouse in the region. Anybody know what a lighthouse does? Man, it it warns people, it it shines the light and it directs people, it guides people. That's what I believe that this, this body is. We are a lighthouse to this region and I believe the Lord is going to use us mightily. So as we continue to just be who we are, I thought it would be wise to just talk about the Holy Spirit and talk about the Holy Spirit inside of us and how the Holy Spirit protects us, how he leads us, how he guides us and how he uses us to thwart the attack of the enemy. Amen? Can we do that for a little bit? So let's pray before we get into it. Jesus, we thank you so much for who you are. Holy Spirit, you are incredible. You are amazing. We love you. We bless you. We honor you. We ask that you would lead us tonight. Would you bring the spirit of wisdom and revelation in this room? Let us see you in a new way. Let us leave here changed because we have met the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We honor you at these moments, Jesus. Have your way. In your name I pray. Amen. Here's the first thing you need to know about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's inside of you. Everyone say, he's inside of me. Inside of me. The Holy Spirit is in you. And I know that sounds really simple, but, but you'll see it kind of builds. This is the cornerstone on which we need to build tonight. But you have to understand that if you believe in Jesus, if you're here and you say, you know what, I believe in Jesus, I prayed the prayer, I, I love the Lord, the Holy Spirit rests, lives, abides in you. This is significant and this is important for every Christian to know because it wasn't always this way. This isn't how it used to be. In, uh, I think it's 1 Samuel, I got these scripture verses backwards, so skip John 1. yeah, first Samuel chapter 10. This is what happens. This this verse is speaking specifically of King Saul, but this happened all the time in the Old Testament, okay? And just don't take my word for it. I could be making all this stuff up, okay? Go back and go back and look at it. Go back and research it yourself. And don't just do that tonight, but every time you come in church, don't just take the the preacher's word for it. You know, we could, you know, just go back and, and ask the Lord and, and do your own research. But, but all throughout the Old Testament, this is what happened. This is how people related to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this in 1 Samuel 10.10, 10, that when they came there to the hill, there was a group of prophets to meet him, Saul. Then the Spirit of God came upon him, upon him, and he, Saul, prophesied among them. This happened all throughout the Old Testament. But the key is, is that the Holy Spirit wasn't inside of Saul. This is what I want you to see right here. It says the Spirit of God came upon him. See, so often in the Old Testament, what happened was these incredible men, these incredible women of God, these kings, these prophets, these priests, these judges would experience these fleeting moments with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would come upon them and they would do the will of the Lord. This is what happened with um, Samson. Oftentimes the Holy Spirit would come upon Samson and he would do the will of the Lord. So many, so many times in the Old Testament we see this phrase that the Spirit of God came upon him. See, it wasn't until Jesus entered the scene where the Holy Spirit could not just come upon us but could reside in us. Because in the Old Testament, this was true, we were still covered in our sin. The whole, in the Old Testament, God, the presence, the spirit, the person of God, had one dwelling place on this entire earth, and that was in Jerusalem behind the Holy of Holies in the temple. That's where the presence of God was. That's where the spirit of God was. And every now and again, the spirit of God can rest upon somebody, but he couldn't make his home inside of people because they were still filled with sin, yeah, yeah. See, what Jesus did when he died on the cross, he didn't just forgive us of our sins. The Bible says that the veil tore from top to bottom. And what Jesus did is he allowed the, the spirit of the living God not just to reside in a building, but to now fill people. And the moment that veil ripped, the moment Jesus died on the cross, when he came to this earth, he enabled God Almighty to reside in his people. It's so amazing. It's so beautiful. And I love what a, a John chapter, what is it? Uh, John chapter one, verse 32. This is what John the Baptist says when he's baptizing Jesus. This is so important to note. It says, John bore witness saying this, that I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And these last words are so, so, so significant. These last words changed everything. Because at this time, the Spirit would descend. The Spirit would come upon people. We see it all throughout the Old Testament, but it says this, that he remained, everyone say remained. Remained remained upon him that the Spirit now was loose not just to come and visit you, not just to come upon you every once in a while, not to be this person that comes in and out of your life, but now the Holy Spirit has the ability to come upon you and never leave, to take up residence inside of you and never leave. Come on, how many are thankful that God, doesn't matter where we go, He is with us, and not just a part of God, not a portion of God, but the fullness of his Spirit resides in you. That's where the Spirit of God is, inside of you. You know, it's really, really important to know that as a Christian. And I know that there's a, there's a lot of people, like, I want to I show, show this, because I know that there's a lot of people who, we look at the Bible and we think that if we Pray in tongues, or if we can pray in tongues, I I know there's probably some people in here that don't have the ability to speak in tongues. This is what I need you to understand. The Holy Spirit is still inside of you. You still have the spirit of the living God inside of you. And And I need you to, without a doubt, stop questioning whether or not God is in you, because he is. God says this, or Jesus says this. He says, listen, in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus says, If you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your Father in Heaven give you the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you something about the Holy Spirit tonight. The Holy Spirit is not a paycheck to work for. I'm gonna say that again. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not a paycheck to work for, meaning this, that you don't have to earn the Holy Spirit in your Christian walk. The Holy Spirit is a free, good gift That the Father gives. And I wanna say this listen, God wants you to have the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you more than you want you to have the person of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Too often I see Christians treat the Holy Spirit and treat God as this Father who is withholding a good thing from us until we work hard enough for it. Oh, you gotta pray harder than that. I can't give you my, you gotta pray harder than that. You gotta worship harder than that. No, 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 no. I'm telling you this today, church, that more than you could ever want the Holy Spirit, more than that, God desires for you to have the Holy Spirit. God desires you to have. Jesus says this, listen, if I don't go, you won't get the Holy Spirit, and it's better that I leave you so that he can come to you. And I want to make this point. I know I'm sitting here for a while, but I've met too many insecure Christians in my life. Too many insecure Christians that, for whatever reason, have been convinced that they are a second-class Christian because they either can't speak in tongues or they don't know or are unsure if the Holy Spirit is inside of them. And this is what I want you to know tonight. If you want to be sure without a shadow of a doubt, say this, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And guess what? He's in you. I'll tell you this, the Holy Spirit is not a feeling. You might say, oh, Pastor Dominic, I didn't feel anything. The Holy Spirit's not a feeling. That's good news, right? The Holy Spirit is not a goosebump. The Holy Spirit is not I know we all feel it when Pastor Dion goes and like picks the strings. I know we all feel it, but guess what? Pastor Dion plucking the guitar strings is not the Holy Spirit. These lights aren't the Holy Spirit. The fog's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. And when you believe in Jesus, you invite him into your life, he resides in you. He resides in you. I want to show you this. This is so cool because um, in, I think it's in Luke chapter one. You can go to Luke chapter one. Yeah. So Luke chap in Luke chapter one, God's, uh, yeah, the angels are, t- are talking to, uh, God's talking to uh, um, Zechariah, Zachari- Zach- Zach- yeah, John the Baptist's dad, right, Zechariah, and Elizabeth, his mom, and he's saying, listen, you're going to have a son, he's going to be filled, everyone say filled, yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit, yes. and this is something powerful, Watch. Elizabeth, when Mary comes into her presence, the Bible says that, that John the Baptist inside of Elizabeth begins to jump around and freak out a little bit. But there's, there's a key phrase in that scripture verse that I think is so amazing. It says this in Luke chapter one, verse 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the, the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb. And then it says this, Elizabeth was filled, everyone say filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. She was filled with the spirit of the living God right there. And that's not all. Later, it says that her husband, Zechariah, after he, after he confirmed the name John as, for John the Baptist, the Bible says this, that his mouth was open and he too was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this is different, this is different vernacular than what we see in the Old Testament. This isn't just the Holy Spirit coming and resting upon and leaving and, and just greeting in this fleeting relationship back and forth. No, no, no. Elizabeth, Zechariah, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I know you might say, well, Pastor Dominic, that's just a different book in the Bible. Maybe Luke chose to, you know, not use upon and use filled instead. No, no, no. Look at this. Luke chapter 2, just a chapter later. I know we're getting into some technical stuff, but I really want, I'm trying to build your confidence here. Luke chapter two, just a chapter later, it says, behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This was a man by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to him and said, you will not die until you see the Messiah come to this earth, right? This is what it says about him. This man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was, he wasn't wasn't filled with him. He was upon him. So as Elizabeth, Zechariah, John the Baptist were filled with the Holy Spirit, Simeon wasn't filled. He was experiencing still this Old Testament manifestation of of coming upon and leaving and coming upon and leaving. See, John the Baptist lived, he resided, he was privileged to experience this New Testament relationship with the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit filled him and lived on the inside of him while Simeon was still living in this Old Testament relationship where the Holy Spirit was coming upon him. And here's what I wanna ask you tonight. Are you living in an Old Testament relationship with the Holy Spirit or a New Testament relationship. There's too many Christians I know who who disqualify themselves from realizing the Spirit of God inside of them, and they think that they can only experience God when they come into this building. You think you have an Old Testament relationship with God. You think that you have an Old Testament anointing. You don't have that. Listen, none of us in here are over 2,000 years old, okay? If you're alive and breathing in this room, you are in the new covenant, amen? And the new covenant says that you don't have to go to a place, a building to worship God. The new covenant says that God is in you. So I want every single believer in this room right now to say, God is in me. God is in me. He's in you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. That's what we have to understand. And, I, and I, wanna, I, wanna, I wanna say this too, because I know this, is, this might seem like a rabbit trail, but I, I, really, I really have seen so many people hurt by speaking in tongues and not being able to and feeling, feeling so left out. And, and this is what I wanna say about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, I believe, is a part of your relationship with the Holy Spirit. I have met, watch this, I have met many Christians who have the ability to speak in tongues, but they've doubted it because it didn't look like what everyone else has looked like. And I've seen people not walk in their gift all the while thinking that they don't have the gift, all they needed to understand is that they had it and they need to start walking in it. Just last week, or yeah, last week I was in Dallas and there was people in the room when I invited people to get, uh, get filled with the Holy Spirit, there were people in that room who had already been filled with the Holy Spirit, already speaking in tongues, but never actually spoke in tongues until that night. It wasn't until I, I began to share with them what it means to speak in tongues that says this, the Holy Spirit isn't just gonna take over your mouth and start making your mouth move. The Holy Spirit doesn't just pump your lungs and start making you talk. When you and I pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray in tongues. It's us, our physical body, choosing to speak and the Holy Spirit forming the words. See, they thought they were faking it all the while, all the while they were missing out on the fact that they already had the gift. They just didn't realize how to use it. And I believe that there's people in this room that might have the gift of speaking in tongues, but you're so insecure and you doubt, doubted yourself so much, you just don't know how to use it. Don't know how to use it. And we're going to do that a little bit later tonight, so you don't have to worry about that. But, but, but what I want to say about this is that I've met so many Christians that have had that happen. Then I've met Christians who, who genuinely had, were filled with the Holy Spirit, but didn't manifest this gift of speaking in tongues for a while. There's a testimony I heard, I'll never forget. There was this lady, she loved the Lord, filled with the Holy Spirit. She was just on fire for, for Jesus. And she felt so badly because she never received the gift of speaking in tongues. And, there, and she would go, she would travel, she spent all, all of her money traveling around the nation to different Holy Spirit conferences and different pastors' churches and having everybody under the sun pray for her so that she would receive this gift. She never received it. Years went by, I think like 10 years went by and one day she said that she was standing at her sink, washing her dishes, and she began to speak in the Holy, in tongues. It's crazy, right? For me to try to explain why, I'm not the Lord, I don't know. I think I would be making stuff up if I told you why. All I could tell you is what I've seen, and I've seen the majority of people doubt themselves and disqualify themselves And almost refuse to walk in the gift that they've already possessed. And so I want, listen, like I said, this isn't a rabbit trail. I genuinely want every person in this room to understand this that the Holy Spirit is inside of you and don't you dare let anybody else tell you differently. It's number one. Number two, you ready? (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the protector. The Holy Spirit is the protector. He's here to guard us, to protect us. You know, I, I remember um, when I was in Bible school, I think, I was, I was talking to somebody and they were sharing with me just, we were, oh yeah, we were going out to do, do ministry and they were like, listen, you gotta be careful because some of those people are messed up and those demon monkeys are gonna jump on your back. You gotta be careful. And I'm like, I don't know if that's how that works. But this is a reality that I hear often in church is that as Christians, like, and, and, and we're, just hear me out because we're going to get to a, another place, but just hear me out. Demon monkeys cannot jump on you. You don't have to live in fear thinking that the devil's just going to attack you and jump on you, possess you. You can't do that. I, I want to show you what Jesus says, and I love I love. I just love the life of Jesus. I feel like he he was just awesome, right? So in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees came to him and accused him of casting out demons by a demon. He says, listen, you're you're using the prince of demons to cast out these demons. And he begins to tell them, listen, you guys are dumb. You can't cast out a house divided. can't stand. You can't cast out demons by demons. I cast out demons by the Spirit of the living God. And then he goes on to say this in Matthew 12, 29. Or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. This is how interactions with the demonic work. Before a demon can get in you, he has to bind the strong man. And oftentimes what happens is we open ourselves up. People who are unbelievers, right, we, they open themselves up and they, they are not as strong as the demons that they're opening themselves up to. And so what we see oftentimes is, is people experimenting, dabble, dabbing, dabbling in different things of this world. And man, the enemy takes advantage of that. But here's what I need you to hear as a Christian. When it comes to your house, you are not the strong man. I am not the strong man. Yes. The spirit of the living God lives inside of you, and he is the strong man that the devil has to bind up if he wants to get inside of you. And I don't know, I don't know any case in the entire world where the Holy Spirit has lost a battle to a little demon. So, so step one, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Step two is this. He's your protector. If the devil wants to get to you, he has to bind the Holy Spirit. He has to beat up the Holy Spirit to get to you. And how many know that will never, ever happen? I love what 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says. It says, you are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater. Everyone say greater greater than he who is in the world. So you can have confidence knowing this, that you, you are your life is not at risk of demonic um, possession because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Like, I, I love using this analogy because as a Christian, as a believer, this is true for us, okay? When you walk into a dark room and you turn the lights on, You don't see this epic battle between the shadows and the light. You don't see the light come out of the little fixture and he he begins to battle the shadows and the shadows push back. No, 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 that's silly, right? What happens when the lights come on? The lights come on. All the darkness flees in a moment. And this is the reality for us as believers, is that when we have the Holy Spirit in the inside of us, when that light comes on, man, darkness has to flee. That There is no amount of darkness that can overtake you, not because of anything you've done, but because he who lives inside of you. And man, I'm telling you what, just last night, I promise you, just last night as I was going through this and and praying about this, I, I haven't really, I've been fearful in the past. I haven't been fearful of the enemy in so long, years. And as I was walking up my steps, I just was was kind of overcome by a little bit of fear. And I was like, what in the world is this? And I had to remind myself that there's nothing that the enemy can do to me not because of Dominic, but because of who's inside of me. And in that moment, the enemy tries to come and intimidate you and lie to you. All you have to do is say, hey, look at the light switch, buddy. It's on. There is nothing you can do in my life. As a Christian, we have to understand that he is our protector. He protects us. He shields us. I I love the song we sang. He's our shield, right? He is our shield. He guards us from the enemy. You know, just a just a couple weeks ago I was I was talking to my daughter Riley and 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 as we get closer to this Halloween season you you know there's a lot of TV shows and movies and a lot of garbage out there that you really have to be careful of and as a parent of a five-year-old I feel like I really have to be careful because I don't always like watch what she watches because I can't stand those shows so she has her iPad and she's like watching by herself and Every once in a while I'll listen and I'll hear like, you know, there's a vampire show or there's like a witch show or something like that. And every time I hear something like that come up, I just ask her to change it. And and my kids are great, her and Judah both, I'm like, hey, can you change that? And they're like, yeah, sure, I'll change it. And they, they cooperate and that's fine. Um, and a lot of times they don't even choose those things. Like, those videos just come up back to back, you know, so if one will just come on, and I'm like, can you just skip that one? And so they're, they're, they cooperate, and, and so this happened a few weeks ago, and, and I think it was something to do with witches came up, and I was like, hey, Riley, can you just, can you change that? And she's like, okay. And then I felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to not just tell her to change it, but to explain why she needed to change it. And so I told her, and man, ha- having a conversation about, like, like, demons with my daughter, was, <laughs> five-year-old daughter was probably not the wisest thing to do as a parent, but I'm like, man, I, I, you got to understand these things, right? And so I, I was trying to share with her just about the influences of darkness and the influences of the kingdom of heaven, and, 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 and I was like, Riley, you know, like, these w- witches and these things, they're not fake, they're real. Like, the spirits of the demonic are, are they're real, and you don't want that inside of you, do you? She said, she looked at me like with tears welling up in her eyes. I felt so bad. She was like, no, no. And I had to quickly tell her, listen, you don't have to be afraid, Riley, because of what we just talked about, that the Holy Spirit's our protector, that Jesus lives on the inside of you, Riley, and he's not going to let anything happen to you. He's going to protect you. He's going to guard you. And then those tears dried up really fast. She was okay with that. She, she was like, okay, Dad, thanks. You scared me there for a second. Right? But I was trying to tell her, listen, you don't have to be afraid of those things, but what I did tell her is, listen, Riley, we can't entertain those things. We can't take the protection of the Holy Spirit for granted. Because the devil oftentimes, listen to this, Christians, because this is very important. The devil oftentimes doesn't have to bind up the Spirit of God on the the inside of somebody's life. Oftentimes, as Christians, what we do is we entertain things that we shouldn't entertain. And instead of instead of the enemy binding up the Holy Spirit, we are dismissing the Holy Spirit by entertaining things that we shouldn't entertain. The Holy Spirit, I wanna show you this, the Holy Spirit leads us in truth. This is the third thing. The Holy Spirit leads us in truth. John chapter 16, verse 13 says this, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. And so the Holy Spirit guides us in our life. He tells us which way to go, which direction to take, what thing to pick up, what thing to put down. He is our north star. He directs us. He he guides us. He leads us in truth. And oftentimes, when we disobey the leading of the Holy Spirit, is where as, us as Christians, we make mistakes. The Holy Spirit's not gonna lead you into the path of the enemy, He's not gonna lead you into darkness, right? He doesn't do those things, but oftentimes, I've witnessed Christians stop following. <laughs> I've seen Christians stop following well and start doing what they want to do. And, and this, is, this is what Jesus says in John chapter 16. He's talking with his disciples and he says, listen, I, I will no longer talk much to you for the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Can, the enemy, can, can you say that the enemy has nothing in you? But I, I, want, you to, I want you to really look at your life and, and truthfully answer that question. I know it's easy to say like, oh yeah, the enemy doesn't have anything in me. But like, what does your browser history say? Because oftentimes as Christians, if we're honest, we entertain things that we shouldn't entertain. There are Christians that I know personally who are bound up by the spirit and the demonic spirit of Pornography. Is that because pornography just jumped on their back and took over? No. That's because they stopped following the Holy Spirit and started indulging and entertaining things that they shouldn't be entertaining. That's not because the Spirit of God or the, 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 the evil Spirit came in and, and bound up the Spirit of God. No, no, no. That's because oftentimes as Christians we dismiss the Spirit of God so that we can walk in our flesh. We say, listen, Holy Spirit, I don't want you here. I don't want you to lead me. I want to do my own thing and entertain the things that I want to entertain. And that is, that's the reason why you see Christians struggling with, with influences of darkness. It's because we take a step back from our, our following the Holy Spirit, and we allow these things to have a grip on our life. Jesus tells his disciples, listen, the enemy has nothing in me. And, the, and man, the Lord really rebuked me and challenged me on this this week and, says, and asked me, Dominic, does the enemy have anything in you? And I had to be honest and I said, yeah, I think he does. I think he does. I need to get rid of this. I need to adjust this. I need to remove this in my life. And this is the question that I want you to ask yourself honestly tonight. You don't have to answer it now, but does the enemy have anything in you? Is there any area of your life where you cater to him? Where you open yourself up to him. Where you stop following the truth, the leading, the guiding of the Holy Spirit, and you start following your flesh. Like Jesus, my prayer is that we can all stand here and say, listen, the enemy doesn't have anything in me. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the need or the desire for us to be perfect. I understand we mess up, we make mistakes, that's not what I'm saying. But, I, but there's a difference between messing up and willfully walking away from the Holy Spirit. I call it premeditated sin. Y'all, you, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Where you know you're going to sin and you're like planning, you plan the sin out. Like you, you create a group chat with your friends and you're like, yeah, we're doing this. Come on. Convicted the whole time, you're like, I don't care, I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm talking about that willful walking away from the Lord, the leading, the guiding of the Lord. You can't, have the, you can't let the enemy have anything in you. Just like I told my daughter at five years old, listen, you don't entertain that stuff. And even today, before I left, man, it, October is so stressful <laughs> when you have kids. You they can't do anything. You can't do anything. Just, just as I was leaving, she, I, I turned around and she was watching something. And I, and I said, Riley, I think you should. uh, I think you should change it. It was like a. It was a show about some. I think it was like Buddhist. Buddhist like a Buddhist show or some other kind of religion. And and she was watching it. And she didn't obviously know what was going on. But I was like Riley. You know. We don't. Can you change it? And I had to explain to her again. Listen. This is this is, this is not. This is opening ourselves up to the enemy. And right away she knew it too. She because we already had that conversation. She was like, oh okay. And she she changed it really fast. Right. And and my goal and desire as a parent is not to create fear in her. But I want, to, I want her to, to be able to recognize when she is pivoting from the leading of the Lord and into the enemy. I want her to know that. I want her to learn what that's like and say, okay, I can't entertain that. I need to, I need to straighten back up. And that's what I want all, this, all of us to do. Nope, I can't, I can't turn left, can't turn right. I need to straighten back up right behind the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Here's the last thing. The Holy Spirit is our, our authenticator. He is our authenticator, that's kind of a hard sentence to say, Um, but does anybody in here know how you authenticate like New Jordans or maybe like a Rolex watch or anything cool? Does anybody have any of those things? (laughs) I don't, I've never had a Rolex watch, but I heard that a lot of these things, they come with something called serial numbers, right? And so what the serial number does is it classifies and it authenticates that this is not a fake, this is genuine why? Because you have a number to prove it. The manufacturer, when they make it, they, they embed a number in these, in these Rolex watches so that it doesn't matter if you make a watch just as good as a Rolex. It's not a Rolex unless it has this number, this serial number. And I want to tell you tonight that the Holy Spirit is your serial number. The Holy Spirit authenticates you as a legitimate child of God. The Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us this that the Holy Spirit bears witness, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are sons and daughters of God. The Holy Spirit legitimizes us as the children of God. And in this, we can have confidence and boldness knowing that He knows who we are, because that's all that matters. You know, there's a a really funny story in the Bible of, uh, oh yeah, you can go back, sorry. There's a really funny story in the Bible um, in Acts chapter 19 where the Bible says that uh, Paul at this time was doing some really cool things and people noticed that Paul was doing cool things so they wanted to do cool things and that's dangerous if you don't know how to do cool things. Um, And so basically what happens is these well, I'll just read it. It says, Then some of the itinerary uh, Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you in, by the, the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did this. We know the story that the, the demon looked back at them and said, Who are you? Because I have the serial number for Paul right here. I see the serial number for Jesus, but, but you're a fake. You're a counterfeit. You have no serial number. I don't know who you are. And then the demons beat him up, took their clothes, and kicked him to the tur- to the curb. Why? Because these Jews, Jewish people, these, these sons of Sceva, they they heard the words... They looked like Christians, they sounded like Christians, they did all the right things, but they didn't have the serial number written on their heart, they didn't have the Holy Spirit inside of them to authenticate who they were. They were faking it. And let me tell you something, when you fake it, the enemy knows you're faking it. (laughs) And you can try to fake it as much as you want. You might fool me, you might fool the person sitting next to you, you might fool everybody else around you, but you're not gonna fool the enemy. And you and I have to understand this. We need the serial number, and the Holy Spirit is the serial number that is written on our heart to tell us this, that we are legitimate sons and daughters of God. Romans chapter 8, I quoted it earlier, it says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. This is what the Holy Spirit is in our life. The Holy Spirit is the seal of our sonship, of our daughtership. When we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, it legitimizes us before, not just before demons, but before God. You know, one of the most sobering scripture verses I think I've ever read in the Bible is when Jesus prophesies, and he's basically saying that there's gonna be a day where people come and they say, Lord, Lord, I casted out demons in your name. I healed the sick. I I did all of these amazing things. And his response to them is gonna say, you don't have the serial number. I don't know you. You did all that stuff, but you're fake. That's the most sobering reality for me. And and maybe more important than the enemy having my serial number, I want Jesus to have my serial number, right? I, I want to know and be known by him because at the end of the day, At the end of the day, we can can take care of all of the nonsense here on earth. But if you and I don't know him, if we don't know who he is, church, we've missed it. We've missed it. And I know oftentimes the work, the work of Jesus can be distracting. Not distracting, I'm sorry. The work of Jesus can be a lot, overwhelming at times. And when we talk about seeing 30,000 people being saved, we're talking about setting 30,000 people free from their gross baggage. That's a full time job, that's a lot. But we can't lose sight of what is priority. Because emptying baggage is not priority, it's not the number one priority. The number one priority is Him. It's always Him. It's only Him. He is above all things. Everything exists for Him. I heard this testimony of this guy who he was. Uh, he he said that he he, he was felt called to be in deliverance and, and deliver, deliver people from demonic oppression. And he did, and, and that's an incredible ministry. And it's, it's not for the faint of heart. It's very, very significant. And um, he, he said that he lost sight in his, I think he said, in, in my calling and in my gifting, I lost sight of Jesus. And I want to just warn us tonight as we enter into to a difficult season with, you know, Halloween being right around the corner and, and even as, as a church getting a whole bunch of people that are coming in with all their mess, as, as all that, that stuff can be distracting, I, I don't want us to miss who it is that really matters. It's him. It's him. It's always him. It's only him. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you to protect you, to lead you, to guide you take care of all of that stuff in the background Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you the Holy Spirit is our helper, he's our companion, he's our guide he's, he's the one who comes to reveal truth to us and our job our job is to, to find Jesus and the Holy Spirit will lead us in the rest it's who he is, he's God in us he's God with us and so as crazy as, as noisy as life can get, my my parting words with you tonight are don't lose sight of Jesus. Don't lose sight of him because he's the only thing that matters. Could you stand with me tonight? You know, as we close tonight, I I love talking about the Holy Spirit and, and I feel like the Holy Spirit does so much. We could talk about all the, all the things that he does for us for a long time. But as we conclude the night what I do want to do is if, if you're interested in this, if you're here and you say you know you know what I, I never f- I feel like I'm a Christian, I feel like I love the Lord but I've never felt like I have an active engaging relationship with the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Like I said earlier, I believe that the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit is a gift that the Lord wants you to have more than you want have it, but if you're sitting here today and you say, you know what, I don't know if I have it. I've never asked for it. I don't feel I feel like that's empty in my life. I feel like I'm just doing this by myself. The beautiful thing about the Holy Spirit is um, Jesus says, you'll have power from on high when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and when the Holy Spirit enters a believer's life, man, it's, it's, it's inexplainable. Like, you can't live this life without the Holy Spirit. You can't be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. So if you're here tonight and you say, you know what? I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to dismiss in a second, but I I don't want you to leave. I want you to come forward. I want you to come up here. If that's you and you say, no, I want that. I want you to come up here. If you're here tonight and you've never spoken in tongues and you say, you know what? I want to speak. I want the gift of speaking in tongues. We're going to do that tonight too. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to release and open up that gift. in every single person, man, when I was in Dallas, I think, I think, uh, I was preaching to a group of about 40 40 young adults and about 10 of them came up. And from what I know, all 10 of them received the gift of the Holy Spirit and all 10 of them started speaking in tongues. It's because this isn't isn't something that we work for. This is a gift that's given, amen? So if that's you tonight, you say, you know what, I want that. I want want to have that deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, then we're gonna do that as well. If you don't know Jesus, I know I've you a long list, so remember this. If you don't know Jesus, come to the front. We're going to pray for you as well. If you need anything at all, we want to pray with you. We want to be there for you. We're going to love you because you're our family. You know, I just saw a gentleman at the gas station. I stopped at the gas station right here to get a snack before I came in, and I saw DeHarris. He came to our one night, I think, we're uh, Stephen, Becky? You guys brought him, I think. Um, he came to our one night, or one Sunday last month, And he was like, hey, pastor, what's up? And I was like, hey, what's going on? And he was like, you know what? I I just, I love your church because you just, you you keep it in contact with me. You love me. He hasn't been back since, but I told him, I said, look, Harris, I know if you come to our church for 30 seconds, you're family, so sorry. (laughs) And you could just see his face. Like he was just like, man, I, I need that. So if you need family tonight, your family's here. We love you. Holy Spirit, we invite you come. Be the most significant part of our life, Holy Spirit. We honor you. We love you. We thank you that you live on the inside of us. We thank you that you are our protector. You guard us. You shield us, Holy Spirit. We thank you that there's not a stronger, strong man than you. There's not a devil in hell that can take you out, Holy Spirit. And we thank you that we don't have to fight our own battles, but you fight on our behalf. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead us in truth. We're sorry that we're not always good followers, but we make a decision, a determination tonight that we will follow you and you alone. Continue to lead us, Holy Spirit, as we honor you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you authenticate who we are before the Father, that we don't have to fake it like the sons of Sceva did. We don't have to pretend, but we know, God, that you have our number. You know our name. We're grateful for that. We love you and we bless you. In your name I pray. Come on, everybody said. Amen. 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 So live right, love everyone, pray hard. We're going to stay here, though. So this is what I want to ask if, if you. If you do want to hang out and like get more pizza, if you wouldn't mind just going out to the foyer, um, if those of you who, who want to speak in tongues or want that deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, I'm going to stay here for a little bit. And with some of our pastors and leaders, if you wouldn't mind coming up as well. Um, but just make your way forward now. And then we're gonna pray, and it's gonna be good. Watch, it's gonna be awesome. Y'all about to speak in tongues. It's gonna to be great. Um, so we love you all. See you Sunday. Don't forget to bring your one. And uh, yeah, come on, come on down if that's you. We're gonna hang out and pray for a bit.